Welcome to the Illuminations Media Network. Welcome back to the Illuminations Media Network. I'm Tamara Westwood, your host, and I'm so pleased to have you back with me today on this very exciting show. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, and, and this is a, a new healing modality for me. Um, circle healing may be something that's new uh, to many people out there, and some of you may have heard it and experienced it before. But today, we're going to be speaking with our guest, who is Jala Ja Bonheim. She is an internationally acclaimed speaker, an award-winning author, and one of the world's foremost experts in the use of circle gatherings as a tool for healing and empowering women. She is the founder of the Institute for Circle Work and has trained hundreds of circle work leaders around the world, including in the Middle East, where her circles unite Jewish and Palestinian women. Today, we're going to be talking about her new book, The Magic of Circle Work, the practice women from around the world are using to heal and empower themselves. This is awesome. Jalaja Bonheim, I thank you so much for joining us here on the Illuminations Media Network. Thank you, Tamara. It's an honor to be here. Well, I'm so grateful. And I'm excited to talk about this wonderful work that you're doing because, you know, our world is in need of a real healing. <laughs> and I think it might be us women that really make that happen. Um, in your social work, um, in the circle work, I mean, well, it's actually a social work too, isn't it? <laughs> Very much. It is something that is working. I mean, the evidence is there in the Middle East. You know, I certainly want to get into all of the intricacies about circle work, um, about the sacred circle, and, and how you work with people to, uh, to, to really get this modality out there and get people to, to, to move through these painful emotions and, uh, and to heal themselves. But, you know, at the beginning of the show, I would love to get deep into the work that you're doing there in the Middle East. This is such an important work right now because I, I think we're all a little, little concerned. I mean, everybody is very uh, focused in on what's happening over there because mm -hmm. there's a lot of, a lot of, of stuff that's, that's hard. You know, there, there's so many opposing factions. There's, there are people who have been fighting for, for, for thousands of years. You know, there's, there are political movements. There's, there's uh, theological differences. Um, please help us to understand how your work is making a change over there. Well, you know, I think that when you look at wars, they always start with separation, with people distancing themselves from another group, building walls, beginning to think of the other as the enemy, and vice versa, the healing be begins when people really come together as human beings. And the minute they do that, 
it doesn't matter who you are, you begin to discover that what connects us is so much deeper than what separates us. So, you know, the circle is humanity's oldest symbol of oneness. Mm -hmm. And so when we come together in a circle, it is very natural for these women to begin to discover, oh, she is a mother too. Oh, she is concerned about the same things for her children. These women all want a better world for their children. It's very, very natural. And I think that women also have this very you know, natural, intuitive understanding that the solution to conflict must involve communication. It must involve dialogue. And that violence is just not the answer. And, you know, circle work is a tool that I recommend for men as well as women. But especially in places like the Middle East, I feel that it's the women really that are going to make the difference and that are going to say, stop, enough of this bloodshed. Let's find another way. And so it's a great honor and a privilege to work with these women who are so courageous and, and at the same time, I'll also say very traumatized in many cases, um, tremendous suffering, it's volatile emotions. It's very different than you'd say when I lead a, a retreat for women here in a very beautiful, serene place. Um, but the place that we get to, which is a place of mutual friendship, open-heartedness, caring, compassion, um, that it doesn't matter who's in my circles, we always, always get to that place where, you know, the women just basically start falling in love with each other. It's very, very natural. And that's how the circle has been used for thousands of years. And so I think we need today to begin to use it to address the issues of our times. Yes. And, you know, when we were speaking earlier in the green room, um, we we're talking about loneliness, that, that even though we're still surrounded by people, you know, whether we are on public transportation, commuting, whether we're on a plane, um, even in our own households, um, people are busy texting one another to communicate. <laughs> people right. are listening to their own music on their iPod and, and we're, we're divided from one another mm -hmm. and, and we're losing our connection. Um, you mentioned the, the power in the circle. You know, the, the ancient, um, whether it's geometry, whatever it is, there's a, there's a special vibration about the circle. Can you go into that and, and how that can help us to come together? Yeah, you know, the world that we live in is incredibly mental. So we're, we're always up in our heads. And one of the first things that I do in my circles is I help the women come back down into their hearts. Mm -hmm. Because it's really only from that heart place that you can feel connected to someone. So as long as we are only working from our heads like we are most of the time, we can't really experience that beautiful sense of intimacy. 
And so in the circle, we, even though we are sharing our stories and talking and so on, there's also a lot of elements that are nonverbal. There's silence, there's immersion in nature, there are um, guided meditations, there's music, there's touching. There's all these tools that we use to really come back into harmony with ourselves, with our hearts. Because as long as we're disconnected from ourselves, we're also going to feel disconnected from other people. And so, you know, when you talk about loneliness, I think there's two different kinds of loneliness. There's the loneliness where you just don't have people to connect with. But that's usually not the case for the women I work with. They, like you were saying before, they're surrounded by people all day long. But what they're missing is that real deep sense of intimacy and connectedness. And that comes from the heart. So the in circle work, the practice I teach, there is a process that really helps the women slow down and get in touch with their own innermost feelings, with their, you might say, their own soul. And from that place, when they begin to speak, they speak with so much more authenticity and depth and honesty. And so it is out of that really deep self-expression that that sense of community evolves and the women begin to feel incredibly close. And I've had women say to me, you know, until I started doing circle work, I always yearned for that kind of connectedness and intimacy, and I could never find it. But here in the circle, I have found it. Well, something just came up for me. You know, certainly in psychology, and here we go back to the intellect, um, there's a theory that, that speaks to contact. You know, it's contact theory, that when mm-hmm. people are in contact, that that many of those separation ideas, you know, that that focus on the differences can begin to dissipate because there is the experience that this person is so much more like me (laughs) than than I imagined because I am in contact with them. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and thinking about what you were just saying about the, the circle, um, you know, it, it's an enclosure, you know, it kind of seals in um, people so that so that they can feel one another's energy. And yeah, that's so true. And it's really um, a sacred space. You mm-hmm. know, it's like we're, we're, we're not using a church or a building to create sacred space. The circle itself helps us do that. Mm-hmm. So right. our intention when we come to the circle is to really approach each person as a sacred being, to really approach each person with, with compassion, with respect. And so that intention really sets the stage for a very different kind of interaction than what we normally experience in daily life. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and some of those questions that would come up, I mean, you know, and certainly they, in some ways they might seem unrelated, you know, to say what's going on in the Middle East, you know, the, these hard issues at hand. 
but you know, in the back of them, you know, in that circle, how, how are we helped to look at what our real purpose is, what our, what our highest real values are and, and looking at whether or not we're really living in alignment with them. Yeah, that is so crucial. You know, we, because we live in a society where everyone is so busy all the time, running, running all the time. And so often the women who come to my retreats, they say, you know, I, I haven't had the time to really listen to my soul, to really mm. connect with myself. Um, I'm going to do a retreat in a few weeks called Listening to the Soul, you know. And to do that, we need to have the courage to really step back from our ordinary life, to stop running, and to really devote some sacred time and sacred space to connecting with what is true for ourselves. Yes. You know, and in the circle, Nobody is telling you what to do. Nobody is telling you what you should believe or what you should do. Instead, there's just so much support for discovering your own truth. What, what feels deeply true for me? Yes. And, you know, in your book, I was reading, you know, this, this beautiful book, listeners, the, the Magic of Circle Work, the practice women around the world are using to heal and empower themselves. Um, you can read the different voices of different women and their experiences. And, and one of the, the women, um, she had had an experience that, of course, many of us have had. Maybe we don't feel that we've gotten enough love. You know, as you said, mm-hmm. we live in the world that is just so busy. We're, we're trying to survive. You know, everyone has to work. The mother and the father have to work. Everyone's out of the home. The children are latchkey kids, you know, taking care of their needs. And a lot of times the parents are so tired mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that they're not able to give, you know, maybe as mm-hmm. much as the child needs. And, and this particular participant in one of the, um, the circles that, 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 you know, you mentioned in your book, uh, how she just cried and cried because she didn't feel like she got the love that she needed. But, but in that circle, she realized that, that there was enough love, right? right. That it had always been there. Yeah. It's such a beautiful thing when that happens. And, you know, it's such a simple thing too, really to, to form a circle with that intention of creating a field of love. Mm-hmm. And it's really tragic to me when I think of all the children or the veterans or the people in, in senior homes, there are so many places where these circles are needed And that's why I feel so passionate about training other circle leaders. And they are now taking these circles into the corporate world, into schools, into hospitals. Um, Because wherever you go, you see just that, that people are starving for love. And it's such a natural thing. You know, we want to receive love and we also want to give love. It lies in our nature. So here is a tool that can help us do that, that can help us really share that love with everyone. Yes. You know, and and speaking to the, the corporate world, 
you know, and you have all of these love starved people <laughs> in the corporate world, you know, creating business. Um, but but the business isn't isn't coming from a place of, of love. You know, we look at the, the corporations that, you know, that are that are dumping, you know, waste into the environment that are, yeah. um, you know, sweatshops where children are are being harmed. Um, and, and we look at these people who are coming from a place of fear and competition um, I can just see the circle work transforming every area of life where we can have business that is heart centered. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Imagine that. Yes, absolutely. And you know, I think it's so interesting that our planet, our mother earth is a circle. (laughs) Yes. uh, And so I've worked with many circles of activists, for example, um, and it is so natural to work with that form as a tool for healing the planet. Um, and everywhere people need this kind of healing. Because when you look at the biggest problem on our planet today, it, uh, in my opinion, it's that we do not realize our oneness. You know, we don't realize that we are children of a single family. And that the whole planet is a single planetary community. And all the big problems we're facing can only be solved if we realize our oneness and we start working together. And so that is what begins to happen in the circle, that people really go, oh my God, we really are one. And they begin to feel it. And it's no longer just sort of this abstraction, but it's something that they really then know in their bones. And they leave the circle and it starts to ripple out through their lives. Their relationships start to change, their home life, their relationships at work start to change. So, so the circles really are just the beginning, and then it ripples out. Right. So it's a starting point. I mean, the circle um, could be seen as a microcosm. Yes. You know, where, where it can begin. Yeah. That yeah. is so, I, I just love that. That is just so beautiful that, that here you are, you, <laughs> you can get the love from your sisters in the circle and then you fill yourself up and then you can step back out into the world and fill others up with that. That is just so lovely. And you know, I've worked with many women who, when they came to the circle, they had had all these experience of competition between women so they hadn't necessarily experienced other women as sisters, right. but possibly as rivals or as competitors. Mm-hmm. And it is so life-changing when women really experience that, that sweetness of real sisterhood. It's such a beautiful thing, and it is so empowering. I really, it's something I really would wish for every woman to experience. It changes so much. Wonderful. Well, as uh, as I mentioned earlier, you are a person who trains, um, you know, practitioners who are who are leading the circle work. Um, is that something that people, our, our listeners, can reach out to you to to get a hold to those trainings? Any anything maybe locally? 
Um, yeah, there's, there's nothing I'm doing right now in, in the Seattle area. Um, when I, when I lead the trainings, which I mostly do on the East coast, they really are international. So there's a training coming up in September and we have a woman coming from Palestine, from Dubai, from Sweden. I mean, they come from all over the place. And we gather in this beautiful secluded place um, and we spend a week together. And it's always a mixture of women who have been doing circle work for many, many years and are very experienced and can help mentor the new ones. Um, and I also always tell the women, I'm not necessarily training them to do the same kind of circles that I do, but rather to take this work and apply it in their own field. So they might be ministers who want to bring it to their church, or they might be teachers who want to bring it to their schools. Um, so it's a very, very rich experience, very intense experience. Uh, many women come every year and repeat it because it is different every time. Um, so it's really a very transformative and for many women, really life-changing experience um, to do the circle work training. So... Um, we also give scholarships to women. I, in 2001, I, I founded a nonprofit organization called the Institute for Circle Work, um, which gives scholarships that allow women who might otherwise not be able to come to the training to come. Um, so if, if you go to magicofcirclework.com, um, from there, you can connect to the Institute for Circle Work, to my website. There's a huge amount of articles, information, testimonials. It's all there. But a good place to start really is magicofcirclework.com. Awesome. Well, Jala Jala and listeners, we're going to take a break for just a moment, and we'll be right back. Then we're going to get into some really deep talk. It's something that I'm really interested in is that heaven earth access. So we'll be right back in a moment. Now is the time to unleash the power of your mind and start feeling amazing. Boost your confidence, lose weight, stop smoking, release stress, and more. Visit beyondhypnosis.org and experience how hypnotherapy merged with light and sound technology can take you to higher levels of emotional and physical well-being. That's beyondhypnosis.org. Hey, Illuminaries. I know you love intrigue. I know you're fascinated with life after death, metaphysics, and other paranormal ideas and concepts. Well, that's why I want to invite you to my friend's new show. Jason Zook, the renowned psychic, has his own broadcast now. It's entitled The Social Psychic Radio Show. It airs on Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, but all of his shows are archived at his website, D Social Psychic Radio. That's D Social Psychic Radio. Check out Jason and be on the lookout because Jason is going to be a special guest here at the Illuminations Media Network. And now back to our show. And we're back. 
We're speaking with Jalaja Bonheim. And please forgive me if I did not pronounce that fluently, but I'm it's working on it. It's a hard one. Jalaja, yes, it's a very hard name. Oh, oh, say that again. It's beautiful when you say it. Jalaja. Oh, I love it. Jalaja. You got it. <laughs> awesome. Today, if you've just tuned in, we're speaking about the magic of circle work. And we're speaking with the award-winning author. And we're learning that we can heal ourselves with the sacred circle. Um, so before we left for the break, uh, I mentioned a concept that uh, is the heaven-earth axis. Now, that's something that you speak about in your book, and I found it quite intriguing. Could you please uh, share some details about that with our listeners? Yeah, it's such a potent um, tool, really. The heaven-earth axis, you know, if you imagine for a moment that you're a tree, then the heaven-earth axis would be the trunk, which goes all the way down into the earth and then the branches and leaves that are reaching up towards the light. So this heaven-earth axis, it, it roughly co corresponds to the spinal column, but it's really a, an energetic um, line. Now, it's very much embedded in our language. We speak, for example, we say, oh, that person has no backbone. Or we say, today I was standing tall, you know, or we say, she needs to stand up for herself. So we right. have this intuitive understanding that this heaven-earth axis has to do with confidence, with strength, with courage. It has to do with having a voice. And... I believe that we're living in times where it's really important for women, especially, to claim their voice. And so when I'm working with women, we're always working with this heaven-earth axis. You know, how can we gain that courage, that confidence, so that we can speak our truth? And the heaven-earth axis is something that traditionally has been more accessible for men. Men have had more permission, really, to stand in their truth, to follow their passion. So now women are claiming that for themselves. And it's really a beautiful thing to see when a woman really steps into her heaven-earth axis, the authenticity of her voice, the authenticity with which she expresses herself in the world. Um, and for that, I think the circle is such a potent tool. There's nothing like having the support of entire circle to help you really show up and own who you are. Um, I've seen it happen over and over and over again with women who initially came to the circle and they felt like they didn't have much to say or maybe there's something wrong with me or nobody will want to hear from me. All these messages that it's so easy to internalize and they just fall away and the women begin to realize that I do have a contribution to make and I'm going to make it. Mm hmm. Oh, I love that. 
when we speak a, a great deal about having that voice, you know, and, and being heard and the importance of knowing that, that yes, <laughs> your voice is needed, you know, to make, to make everything complete. But how do we get beyond just talking? Um, what are some of the nonverbal means that we, we get to that place? Well, we work in the circle. We work uh, a lot with movement. We work with the body. We also work a lot with touch because touch is, you might say, the most primal form of healing. Mm -hmm. You know, a baby yes. that is not touched is far more likely to die. Yes. A baby that is touched. So touch is very important. And in the circle, we create a space where it feels safe, where you feel like I'm in control and it feels safe to be touched. Um, music is also a very potent tool. Breathing exercises, there's so many different tools. Um, but really, listening, I think, is the one that I would put at the top of the list. There is a quality of listening that happens in the circle that I don't experience anywhere else. You know, where um, a woman, is allowed to speak for as long as she needs and nobody interrupts her and everyone is completely present with her. And many women have told me it was that experience of the other women listening so deeply to me that allowed me to access my own truth and to speak things in the circle that I had never spoken before. So I think that the listening, that compassionate, non-judgmental, supportive listening is a very important part. Yes, that strengthens the individual who's speaking. Yes. 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 I've experienced that on many occasions. <laughs> very, I, I know that you have as well. There's nothing like that. Yeah. Well, you know, there are times when we may not be able to get away to a retreat. And, you know, as you said, um, there is a week that's spent, you know, together, you know, perhaps in a beautiful, beautiful surrounding um, in nature, you know, with with other beings who are wanting to heal. But how do we find moments of retreat when we're not able to really get out of our world, get out of the city? Um, just maybe if we, if we need just five minutes, how do we find mm. that? Yeah, yeah. We can do it anytime, any place. I mean, I think, I think into every day, a little mini retreat needs to be built in. It could be first thing in the morning. It doesn't matter. Um, I think also, we, we lost you there for a moment. I, I couldn't, we couldn't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now. So um, I, I think that retreats need to be built into our life. They don't need to be long. But they do need to be intentional, you know, because if we don't have that intention of stepping back, we're just going to get carried on by the wave of life and it's not going to happen. So in a sense, it is really being a good caretaker for our own soul that we say, I really need little retreats. It might just be five minutes where I sit down 
and I am just listening to myself and really sending love, compassion, appreciation to myself. Um, I just came off an online circle that I did uh, with women from all around the world. It only takes an hour. So there are many ways in which we can build structure into our lives, these little times of coming back to our center. Yes. And it's an interesting thing, by the way, you know, the word meditation, um, it, when you literally translate it from Latin, it means going to the center. Oh, I love it. So, so even five minutes of a meditation, it's a time to connect with our own center. And we, everyone needs this. There are many ways to do it, but we need to do it, um, especially, I think, in these times that are so busy and overwhelming. Yes. And so, you know, if I'm, if I'm intuiting this properly, uh, that what's most important about uh, getting these moments of retreat is the intention and in back of it. Yes, That's what yes. it is. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like you have to take a stand against your own mind because our mind will tell us, "Oh, you don't have time. You have to keep running. There's too much to do." You know? So our mind has become a little tyrant. And really, <laughs> yes. <laughs> really, and really the mind was meant to serve us. It was meant to serve our happiness, our well-being. So we have become what I call thought addicts. We're addicted to constant thinking. And when you have an addiction, which, and this is really an addiction that we all have, you need to be willing to take a stand and say, I'm going to take 10 minutes in which I'm not going to feed this addiction. These 10 minutes are not going to be devoted to planning or doing or busyness. They're going to be spacious and filled with love. So even though we know that we need this and it feels so good when we do it, we have to realize that we have this addicted mind that is going to try and talk us out of it. Right, right. And you, and you know, when you, when you said those words that it feels so good, um, it just spoke to me on a very deep level because when I am feeling so good, I'm given the awareness that this is how I'm supposed to feel. That's yeah. why it feels so good. Exactly. And I need more of this. Yes. <laughs> we all do. We all do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So wonderful. Yeah. Well, you know, as we as we wrap up, of course, time really flies when we're digging into something that we so need. <laughs> um, if you could could share, you know, a bit about what's happening. I know that you do have an upcoming uh, retreat, um, but anything that people can tap into, uh, where they can get your book, um, anything that can yes. point people in the direction would oh, be great. There's so many, many offerings. Um, there are many other books that I've written. This was my sixth or seventh 
and um, they can find out. So as I said before, the best place to start is the website magicofcirclework.com. Um, also, if people get on my mailing list, I'm always sending out these little guided meditations, which are just five minutes. And, you know, you were asking, what do I do if I only have five minutes? Well, these are little guided meditations that you get in your email. and they really take you to that sacred place, but in a very short amount of time. Um, so I really, I love welcoming new women to the circle work training, to the retreats, um, many things going on. Sometimes women come with me to the Middle East, which is also something that I welcome. Um, it's wonderful for the women there too, to meet women from the United States. So um, I hope you'll connect. Oh, that's awesome. You know, Jala Jala, this has been a real treat for me. It's been a retreat, if you will. <laughs> well, thank and, you. Uh, yeah, thank I'm you so, so honored that that you took the time to uh, to be with us here on the Illuminations Media Network. <laughs> it's and been my pleasure, Tamara. Yes, and I, I thank everyone for joining us here on the show. Um, until next time, peace and blessings, and take good care of yourself. <laughs>